You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Good morning or evening or afternoon. Depends where you are and what timeline you're in. Hello from our temporal bubble to yours, Riverdale gang. <laughs> Welcome to Riverdale gang, the critical commentary watch-along podcast of our favorite dark sugar trash show, um, recorded here on unceded Tsleil-Waututh, Musqueam, and Squamish territories. I'm Chloe. I'm Ryan. Hello. Good morning. Wait, we already did this. Wow, I need my coffee. <laughs> Speaking of coffee, I have to rant about something, which yes. I just ranted to Facebook and to Ryan about. Um, I was in the coffee shop, and um, there were other people buying coffee there, as often happens in coffee shops. And um, there was a man um, in front of the lids, and I waited patiently behind him. He went, oh, sorry. And I was like, oh, yeah, no worries. And I grabbed my lids, and I went over to my coffees, one of which was Ryan's, and put the lids on, and... This man leaned over to me and said, you know, because of the Me Too movement, you're in charge, okay? And I said, hilarious, and turned on my heel and walked out. So just in case you don't know why this is bad, I'm going to explain it to you. Thank you, Ryan. I really appreciate, like... Okay, so one of the things I love about male allyship is the noises that they make. <laughs> like, the noises of disgust with masculinity that I hear male allies make just, like, make my life. Like, honestly, it. I'm not going to say it makes it all worth it, but it sure makes it funny sometimes. Gotta look at the, the little bit of guilt, gilded guilt wherever you can. I guess so. Um, just, uh, I, I understand it, I think, a little bit as a white person. Like, when I hear mm. white people bullshit, I'm just like, oh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and I probably miss most of the white people bullshit because I still got those white <laughs> blinders on. Anyway, um, but this dude has some big blinders. All yeah, the blinders. All the blinders. Yeah. So here's why this is a problem. The reason this is a problem is because um, we're talking about coffee lids. We're not talking about equal pay. We're not talking about uh, rape culture. We're not talking about systematic oppression. We're not talking about any of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about coffee lids. That's one problem. The other problem is I'm, I'm not in charge of anything, actually. I would say that I'm in charge of very little. I hope I'm in charge of my body, but, like, men like that make me wonder. And um, also, I didn't earn my place of being in charge by um, the systematic rape of my sisters. Like, please go die in a fire. <laughs> please go die in a fire. Yep. Thank you for listening to my rant. Um, this episode was great. Yeah. I enjoyed it. This episode had some great focus on a lot of people I wanted to see more from. Yes. Um, yeah, it was covered in Tony and Cheryl. Like, um, three episodes in, th- their plot continues? That's yeah. unprecedented. We're into it. They don't get continual plots. Certainly not when it's not directly to the service of one of the big four folks. So, whoo! Yeah. Um, I do want to address... Mm. Um, this notion of no chill that mm. a lot of women who date women joke about. Mm. Um, are you familiar with the no chill? No, stereotype? actually. Please, please explain this one to me if you if you could. Sure. So the no chill is like when you go on a date with a. Okay, so let's pretend that. Well, okay. So it's different. It's different for lesbians than it is for bisexual women. Not that different, but there is some difference. Obviously, mm-hmm. I hope the difference is obvious. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, when you're dating a dude and you're a lady type like myself, there's like a, oh, yeah, like, you know, maybe next time, playing a cool thing. Often between when there's a joke, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Weird feeling out of sexual opportunities with fake humor? I, I, no, I don't know. Hetero dating is odd. Um, There's a reason I've mostly dated men that I've known for a while, (laughs) Um, who I already have a rapport with. Um... Uh, dating your friends? Woo, complicated, but also great. Um, the stereotype is wah. Oh, so the stereotype of women dating women is mm-hmm. like, um, so I'm not a lesbian, so I just want to point that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm using a joke that I have heard a lesbian tell, mm. um, uh, I, and I'm not poking fun. Um, I'm just reporting. <laughs> um, a lesbian on the first date will show up with a U-Haul, uh, ready to move uh, in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the no chill. Got it, um, got it. And a pal, yes. I went on a wonderful hike with a, a pal of mine who's, um, who's a lesbian, who was, like, talking about how, how much she feels her lack of chill. Mm, like, when she meets mm-hmm. a new woman, she's, like, so stoked. Yes. So, 
I I am interested in the lack of chill that Cheryl uh, displays in this episode. It's a very different type of lack of chill, but it's like, mm-hmm. we're teenagers, move in with me, I love you, we're going to be partners in crime right. forever. And I do think that she is working out some mommy issues, and I don't think that's unique to lesbians, like, don't get, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Um, Mm -hmm. straight ladies and bi ladies have, have mommy issues. Don't misunderstand me. Mm -hmm. Um, her signature mommy issues, her signature mommy issues. I think she's working out maybe some attachment issues might be Mm -hmm. a better way of putting Mm -hmm. it. Because um, it's not her fault she has mommy issues. It's her mommy's fault. Just like daddy issues should really be called daughter issues because they're really not the daughter's fault. Um, don't get me started on my rant about Freud. Anyway, um, I'm just full of feminist pip and vi- piss and vinegar this morning. I'm that's sorry. like a great flavor for this episode commentary. I think I think that's perfect. I think this is... This is like episode three in a row of Tony Sherrill plot, and I'm confused and delighted that yeah. we're still focusing on them. Like... Yeah. Shock me! Wow! Yeah. I'm here for it. Um, oh, speaking of the yes. boys, um, do you think yes. the Red Paladin quest is over? No, God. Yeah, I don't think so you either. Can't... I'm annoyed, but... <laughs> uh, oh, there are only twelve! Oh, let's resolve it all in one night! Oh, this hasn't been a two-season-long developmental arc or something. We're just gonna chuck it away! Like yeah. that Black Hood, totally Svensson. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that brings me to another thing. I I am super excited that Mm. we're going to talk about Tony and Cheryl, but I feel like we're going to talk about them a lot while we watch the episode. Yeah. So that's why I'm getting the other stuff (laughs) out of the way. the people we might miss. Um, I kind of want to talk for a sec about Riverdale fakeouts. It's something I noticed with this show, and it's a little, like, I don't love it as a plot device. Hmm. Um, but I'm, like, I'm thinking of other fake-outs. Um, so the fake-out, obviously, in this one was the fire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, yeah, like, it didn't claim the entire house yeah. as we envisioned in yeah. that last beat. Um, and I feel like, I feel like Riverdale promises these, like, whoa, boom, mm. things. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't want to say doesn't deliver, mm-hmm. but just takes a complete U-turn. Um, another yep. thing I'm thinking of is the quarantine. Like, the yep. next episode yep. was just like, oh, duh, 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 quarantine's over. Yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They like to end on these these heavy genre beats, these um, these double-down endings of a horror theme. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but then reset, still. They still have the sitcom reset button to a degree. Yeah. Um, oh, they yeah. they use it That's more exactly. than a serial one hour dramedy usually would be expected to. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Like there are, there are sitcom resets on a show that is like definitely not a sitcom at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Never, never really meant to be. Yeah, I don't really know if it ever was. I suppose there was some like. Were there sitcom beats in the first season? Not really, I no, guess. No, no, yeah, it was much mind. more like, it was full CW drama, all the teen right, angst, yeah. teen angst, teen angst, teen love, angst. funny, love, angst, sex. It's a CW formula. Um, it's jarring that the this show is choosing to use script formula tools from uh, across the board and mishmashing them into a bit of a Franken genre. Um, and this, you know, that's that's... I want to give them some credit for doing this intentionally, mm-hmm. given how genre conscious <laughs> the show and the series are. Um, mm, I, I can't imagine this is a complete accident. The um, it's 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 an enormous pacing thing, right? Um, the show very intentionally, clearly ramps up and resets. Like they can't not be noticing this. Yeah. And they they also I, I, I like they the creative team, I feel like they must be aware that they're not following these rules. You know, the, there are books written about these formulas. This isn't, it's not just, you know, us nerds at home, uh, picking apart these shows. It's down to screenwriting class. So there are you know save the cat formulas. There are, there are well established, well studied genre formulas, and there's. It's so mixed up that it can't be an accident, is what I mean to say about this show. That's interesting. Um, mm. I think you're right about that. Ooh, Ryan's Kitchen just made a noise. <laughs> yes, gurgle, gurgle, <coughs> gurgle dying gurgle. furniture. <laughs> is a fridge a furniture? 
It's a furnishing. You're right. Yes. It, it's it an came with, It came with the house, and it's I don't want to move it, so... It's certainly furnishing, man. Um, I uh, the other thing that I think is interesting about this show is it succeeds in fan service mm. in a way that I'm not used to, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because I'm not used to watching this genre, this mm. like teen angst thing. Right. But um, like, I I think probably the reason Bughead has stuck around so long is because the internet mm. loves them, and I think mm-hmm. one of the reasons Choni is doing so well is because the internet loves them. Mm-hmm. Like Mad Mad uh, Madeline Patch, I almost called her Mad Shenamic. Madeline <laughs> Patch has Madeline Patch. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, has like a small nation follows her on Instagram. So yes. It's more than 10 million followers. <laughs> like that's like almost a third of the population of Canada. Um, that's as many people as there are in New York. You know. Yep. Um, she has New York at her back. Pretty much, and. Um, and so, like, she is, the actor is, is well-loved outside of the show, mm. and their friendship and uh, outside of the show and their relationship on screen are also well-loved. Mm. Um, and I, and I, mm-hmm. I, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I've seen fan service, like, really fail, especially when it um, is meant to serve the, like... <sighs> I'm trying to think of a way to say this that isn't judgmental, because I don't mean it judgmentally. Um... Mm when it is trying to appeal to what people find attractive. I think people find Bughead attractive and Choni mm-hmm. attractive. Mm-hmm. They're attractive mm-hmm. couples. They have fun storylines. Yep. Um, I'm thinking, like, naming no names, Sherlock. Um, <laughs> I love... By the way, don't get me wrong. I love that show. I love those actors. Don't misunderstand me. But the third season just disappeared into complete fan service with this totally desexualized character, like pretending to date someone mm. and like in one of the fantasies of how he survived his fall from the roof spoilers um he kisses um the molly character i, I can't remember her name either she's a wonderful wonderful actor mm-hmm. um anyway all this to say is like i've seen that really fail and it's really working for this show mm. i guess is that the genre i mean i don't know uh, like what what you're describing sounds like forced <clears throat> romance to me Right, but it's but it's fan led. That's what I mean. Mm, is that like mm. the audience just went? Is it? Well, in is, the in is, the sense, is it responsive? Yeah, like I don't I know the... Sherlock fandom, but I I know that it's one of the notorious uh, Tumblr fandoms of vocal community. My understanding, and I I could be wrong about this, is that mm-hmm. the theories of how Sherlock survived the fall from the roof mm-hmm. were so virulent across the internet, and the sexualization of the character was so mm. virulent across the internet. Benedict Cumberbatch, of course, exploded that year. You know, he had mm-hmm. like a fan following, like like Beatles sized fan following. You right, know, right, right. In those years, um, and. I don't think Riverdale is as big as that show was by any mm-hmm. means, but I do wonder if if there it is someone's job to keep tabs on the internet and how the internet feels about uh, the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's I, I probably follow. why these couples are lasting. Like, for example, uh, mm-hmm. Charles, um, is it Melton? What's his first name? Uh, the guy who plays Reggie. Reggie. Is it Charles? Well, that sounds right. Yeah, ah. Melton. <laughs> his his uh, Instagram name's Melton, so that's why I can't remember his first name. Mm. Melton and um, Camila Mendez are a couple in real life. Mm-hmm. And obviously we see them going through this some strife in this episode, potential mm-hmm. breakup kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. And I want, like, Camila Mendez is, like, dope, but they're both a little more understated than, like, Madeline Petch mm-hmm. and Cole Sprouse, whose Instagram feed is, like, just an emotional roller coaster. Right. Um, anyway, no. all this to say, like, mm-hmm. it's like they, they may not be, like, as... as adored by the fans and that's why Mm -hmm. their little romance isn't lasting i'm speculating here but i guess what i'm wondering is how much of this plot is led by Mm -hmm. what the fans want to see that's what i'm wondering right i mean um knowing uh that the showrunner is himself quite active in social media um pretty regularly sort of trolls along about what's coming uh in in a way that's past promotional and that is definitely into i think um fan service social media, mm-hmm. how um, Aguirre Sacasa uses his, his online accounts. I, um, I feel like he can't not be aware, um, mm-hmm. but I, I'm also very hesitant to prescribe uh, what is responsive because so much is related to um, shooting schedule, time schedule. Um, 
it, it, I think it's 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 really impossible for us as viewers to to map out the timeline of what might have been affected by what. Um, but I think it's general trends. Totally. Mm, yeah. I think it's you know you have a large focus group. Uh, so I I, I believe oh, I believe yeah. shifts that we see during a season during a long hiatus during pauses in shooting mm-hmm. uh, during mid seasons I believe half season intentions can be influenced but I do not I do not believe individual episodes and scripts are quite as subject to influence um, I, I feel like the the fan feedback probably goes into show bible places. Um, mm. Just because there's no there's no A to B timeline chronology that makes any sense in in filming schedule production schedule uh, versus fan reaction the timing just never it's so erratic um, I I don't think that's something that can be necessarily pieced out hmm. yeah like um yeah I see your point yeah I remember um, Glee fandom being one that was very uh, you know virulently watched. Uh, a focus group fandom. And um, I remember a, a major sort of take on the show being the show using its actors' plot lines and, and, and lived experience as show fodder um, in a way that I think was more, much more, you know, art, art, art copying life, but regarding the, the drama of the actors, the stories of the actors, um, not so much the 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 thirst of the audience um whereas a show like merlin has been accused of specifically straightening up their characters in response to audience feedback essentially they they shipped the boys too hard and so mm. the guys each got love interests uh pasted upon them <laughs> um so like broad strokes like that yeah interesting mm. man it's so funny living in this age where we have access to our media in such a different way. Like, yeah. Obviously, like, like social media creates this link between so many disparate groups, like between us and the writer of a show we watch, or between mm-hmm. us and someone on the other side of the world. Every now mm-hmm. and I mean, we're the last generation, like, who didn't grow up with the internet. Like, I didn't have a computer until I was 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think the computer labs at school, which I didn't happen until I was nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a privileged school that could afford a computer lab. Um... We like didn't have any internet. So. I find that so interesting that that because I, I, we, we I, actually had computers. I, I my school is ranked in the like bottom five percent of Albertan schools, mm. but we have actually always had computers from like kindergarten. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Maybe that isn't a privilege thing. I don't know. It's no, it's it's. I'm just so mm-hmm. intrigued that that looks different in rural Alberta than it did in urban Vancouver. Um, That's an assumption. I don't know. I yeah, do, I just assume in your like version. Your, yeah, your, I just your I just assume that like new. Yeah. Remember those Mac computers that were like bright blue at the back or bright purple? Yeah. Yeah. So we got a, like we got mm-hmm, like a mm-hmm. bunch. Of, we got like ten of those or something in the, out of nowhere in grade four. Wow, because like I remember in kindergarten I having think. computer <laughs> station as a rotation in the activity groups, and then from grade one on, we had like an ancient ancient computer lab. But that we played like uh, math games and typing practice games on. It's yeah, I mean, it's possible that it's possible that that isn't a privilege thing. It's possible that that's just something that public schools get, and I I don't know. I just sort of assumed. I mean, Alberta throws money at stuff, so I wouldn't be shocked if even the crappiest Alberta school just got a bunch of money out of the blue for something. Yeah. Uh, it would be period appropriate for Alberta economy. Anyway, Riverdale. Yeah, let's watch. Uh, by the way, just quickly delving back into Canada, um, mm-hmm. I got an email from from some um, like petition group that I've signed a petition. Yeah, yeah, change.org thing. Yeah, I think it was Lead Now, mm-hmm. and um, the the um, the title of the email was "It's been a wild week in Canadian politics," <laughs> and I um, I read it in your voice, basically. Yep. <laughs> It's All right, we're not we're not going to diverge. We're going to talk about Cheryl and Tony and how much we enjoyed this episode, and we're going to forget about d bags at coffee shops, and we're just going to enjoy ourselves. To say nothing of federal scandals. To say nothing of federal scandals. <laughs> Shout out to um, people who present as women, who put up with way more crap than I do. Mm-hmm. I'm very lucky I don't get that very often. All right, let's do it. Riverdale.
is Badoom. You, we both Badoomed. Are we both going to sing the thing? I guess so now. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so, Archie made bad decisions. You mentioned today you don't usually watch the recap on your first watch through. I, I don't. I'm I, honestly curious about that. I love to be surprised. There are hmm. so few surprises in this life. Because I, for me, also the, I watch this show so much. I like. I don't right, need to be right. reminded of anything. <laughs> That's really. fair. That's fair. Um, I think of the recap as a setup. Oh, often, right? Like, um, especially especially in a show like this, uh, I I think of the recap as a priming, uh, function, um, and a narrative beat that tells us which plot lines are relevant today. Um, mm. yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that, that that I don't think that's always been the function of the mm. recap. I think it's an evolved bit of TV, but um, yeah, I feel like it sets up this episode. Is is what Riverdale does with the recaps? Yeah. Okay, so I do want to. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to point out um, that all of the moms on the show are evil, and all of the dads are good. Whoa, didn't notice that, didn't clock that until here just, we are. Just want to point it out. I mean, I- except for Molly Ringwald. Yeah, but she's absent. Yep, she's a distant angelic figure who swoops yeah. in in crises, sort of, maybe. Yeah. Yep, that's a really good point. But wait, Lodge. Oh, Mama Lodge. Yeah. She's an interesting, she's allowed to be complicated, Yeah. Which I appreciate. Yeah. I like that. Um... By the way, I love that we're also celebrating older people as sexy. I know men yes. get it more often than women. Mm-hmm. By the way, I thought this scene was great. It's so awkward. I loved this scene. It's the Cooper so House. Awkward. I bought your girlfriend's house secret for secret slash, and that applies to both Jughead and FP. Yeah, and Jughead's already <laughs> getting like, oh boy, the adults messed up again. Just Meanwhile, so. why is this house not a scorch mark on the ground? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean on the fake out, little black paint on the wall, like it doesn't mm-hmm. even look real. Yep. Yep. I'm so good. I'm a bit. <laughs> I also love that the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses. Yep. <laughs> Jughead and FP are just backpedaling so hard. But Gina Gershon is a force. Yeah. Um... You know, I, other than Penelope, I don't see any of the moms as evil, necessarily. Like, really? I really Alice is like, Alice gave her daughter's college fund away and is joining a cult. Totally. And like, but, sent her daughter to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy twice. Okay, and yet I don't see Alice as evil. Weirdly, I don't. Alice is just like a chaos factor. Yeah. Um, to like. I do also want to point out really quick, I want you to finish making your point, but I do also want to point out really quick, all of the teenagers in this show state their relationship needs really well. <laughs> yes. And thank you for being that example to teenagers around North America who are watching the show. Anyway, yes, you were saying. Um, Chaos. Yes, Alice Cooper. Well, on that exact note, Alice Cooper doesn't state her relationship needs for shiz. It's true. Um, the adults are confused hormonal windbags who don't know what they want yeah. and the children are f- figuring their stuff out which yeah. you know there's a statement to be made there yeah it's true <laughs> um i love that's a really this little point. trio though like i thought i'd really miss veronica and it's not that veronica mm. isn't amazing she's just busy having her own awesome plot mm. but this little trio was fun I yeah the 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 three small town gumshoes here they jive well together um um, they, by the way, they make, I love that, um, they make reference to, I think, where Vanessa, um, Morgan is from in oh, Quebec. she's from Mont Blanc? I think she's from Mont Blanc. She just was mm. at, again, Instagram. <laughs> um, I was just told by Instagram that she, um, attended her brother's wedding in Mont Blanc. Well, there we are. I think. In <laughs> Quebec, at any rate. Um, I love that. We're seeing really on display the failure of Cheryl's relationship skills. The very specific Cheryl's trying to yeah. fix it, <clears throat> and we see it fail for obvious ways that are obvious to us, but not Cheryl. Um, and on the note of teenagers discussing their relationship needs, 
I'm loving watching Cheryl and Tony fail at figuring out how to work forward despite yeah. talking, despite trying. Yeah. It's not always a quick fix. Yeah. Talking doesn't always instantly fix everything. It's also super queer to like just talk about your feelings honestly and not yeah. necessarily have a solution because life is hard. Mm -hmm. Like that's a very queer method of being in relationships. Mm -hmm. is, like talking hard about your feelings. Heterosexual couples struggle with that. Mm -hmm. I think um, many... And I'm saying that as someone who's been in both. Yeah. So. I, I think um, anyone who's had to learn how to be in, in a, a, a relationship that is not the default has had to learn to write the unwritten rules yeah. that are missing. Yeah. Um, whether it. whether you're applying the straight book slipshod to whatever your relationship is or whether you're writing it from scratch, you're going to have to figure out something at some point. <laughs> so meanwhile, um, Archie, we're just so chill about the, hey, you put out 12 hits on me. Yeah. You I put mean, on Archie's, 12 murder hits on me. Archie's life has gotten a little weird. I also love that Hiram fails to be an adult here. He doesn't say, okay, I'll fix it for mm -hmm. you. You're a kid. Mm -hmm. He says, oh no, here's how you can fix it. So badly. Yeah. So spectacularly badly. And there's um, this like un unsettling music in the background. Great shoes. Who is this again? Oh, Everyone. Cheryl. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Co scoping the place. I adore um, Cheryl's relationship coping strategy here. I am delighted <clears throat> that... Oh, Reggie. Reggie's like, oh, boy, staying up here. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> this cover brought me such joy. I don't know... It's just, okay. it's just, just Veronica and, and Tony karaokeing together. I don't know this, uh, song. Uh, it's just random pop song from the last five years. It's, I, I it's not one I even care much about. I don't know who the sing who the original yeah. singer is, but this was such an over-the-top moment for an over-the-top couple. Like. Oh my god. Wait, are Veronica and Tony endgame? Oh my god, No. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd be here for it, but if, if so carefully either. built. But um, no, yes. I think it's just a delightful, convenient diversion of building tension in perfect, dr perfectly dramatized moments. This is, like, really, like, I... This is why Alice when isn't a villain. When have you about being married? Now that his wife showed up and brought his preteen daughter and mm -hmm. given him a nuclear family when he suddenly has a salary job for the first time in his life. He just got the Arthur Miller dream handed to him on a plate accidentally. I mean, his yeah. son and wife still run gangs. Yeah. Also, you but... don't do anything for your children staying in an unhappy marriage. I'm a firm believer that divorced parents can parent children well. Yep. Mine were much better at communicating with each other once they divorced. Yeah. Uh, the irony. Yeah. Oh my god, they love each other so much. Alice also, isn't a villain. She's she's conflicted and yeah, dangerous. You're right. But, but she's, I mean in comparison. Yeah. In comparison, like the dads of Riverdale are like good solid American men. Or Hal Cooper. Oh yeah. Or Hiram Lodge. Oh yeah. Or Clifford Blossom. Okay, you win. The yeah, men of Riverdale mind. are hyperbolic, the women are complicated and nuanced. Okay. Yeah, I'll buy it. I'll take it. <laughs> Way to not be sexist, Riverdale. At least in this regard. It's an interesting reflection of the sexist tropes of the, um, you know, 80s. There was hero guy, and there was villain guy, and there was romantic interest girl. And they've built something far more interesting on that for the parents' dynamics. Even though we have some starkly evil and starkly heroic men. I know what I'm worth. That's, like, oof. This was... Good Reggie content. Yeah. Um, I really like that Reggie didn't magically get smarter or more capable. He's still a teenage dude. Yeah. But he is standing up for himself like a 17-year-old boy. Yeah. Like, in the note of how this how this show models good, good coping mechanisms for young people, like, yeah. I, I, I really liked the dynamic... Um, Jughead and his mom. I am so thrilled with this chemistry. Um, I really am excited to see more of this relationship because I, I'm loving these two actors on screen together. 
Um, yeah. It's interesting. I'm reading a book right now about trauma and recovery. And mm. I just read the the um, chapter on child abuse. Mm. And it's not like I know a ton more. I mean, I do know a ton more, but it's not like I know everything. And mm-hmm. I have no lived experience in that regard. Mm-hmm. But um, I did... I don't see Jughead as an abused child mm-hmm. by any mm-hmm. means. But I did... I did love the sort of pervading sense of, like, his, like, inner compass is going, this is wrong. Yeah. Something's wrong here. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't trust this woman. Yeah. Despite being his mom Mm -hmm. and the established relationship there, um, Jughead's parents relate to him in very mature ways, um, for good and ill. Like, I feel like they use him like an adult as well as treating him as, as an adult in so many ways. Um, the way FP gives Jughead space and agency, despite being a kid, mm-hmm. uh, running a gang. Um, it's a very different parent-child relationship than, than is usually seen in any healthy way. But I think Riverdale plays the ambiguity. Hmm. It would be so easy to turn FP and um, and Mrs. Jones, uh, oh my, Gladys, 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 FP and Gladys, into such bad parents. But I never believe their. I never believe their motivations are malicious. Certainly not with their kids. Yeah. Even when their actions are straight wrong. Mm-hmm. I do kind of feel like. Um, mm-hmm. Gladys's motives might be a little yeah off. I'll give you that. <laughs> we we still haven't gotten that insight. She's still a mysterious figure, yeah. and I'm so intrigued by her. Yeah. Um. I I'm enjoying her so much more than Hiram Lodge as the the antagonist factor. She's yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh my God. Hiram Lodge has turned into a boring victim. Is that can... a snake dangling from his? Uh, subtle sheriff, here. subtle, very I t- subtle. I can't tell if it is or not. Also, why is there a star of David on his patch? Hmm, that's just a sheriff star. Oh, well, yeah. a star of David. It, it's the exact same design, but oh, that's okay. just how a lot of American jurisdictions do sheriff badges. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. I'm not gonna <laughs> get uppity. <laughs> not gonna be a self-righteous goy. <laughs> <sighs> I. There's so much of, like, class that they they, they um, let FP dissect and pick apart that I'm really enjoying. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, three, like, ideas ago, I wanted to mention, Betty's plan is to move in with Veronica slash under Hiram Lodge's roof. Mm. Betty, the go-to local investigative journalist trying to infiltrate Hiram Lodge's evil organization, yes. who has, like, been the thorn in his side, is just gonna go chill in the next room? What? Yeah. Emancipation for everyone. <clears throat> I have joined your, your crusade. Yeah. Oh, yeah, emancipation for everyone. <laughs> like, Betty and Veronica have got, like, mm. I mean... I don't know. I feel like... I, I mean, like, Veronica seems fine, really. She seems like she's surviving. Mm-hmm. Maybe the real emancipation case is kind of everyone except Archie, actually. And mm-hmm. Josie, her mom's cool. Yeah, yeah. Kevin? I definitely think Betty is due for some emancipation. Yeah, Betty is does not have a guardian right now. Uh, Alice is not well. I that's That's my view on Alice this whole season. Alice is not well. Alice is recovering from a lot. Mm-hmm. It's true. And, like, potentially, like, mm-hmm. years of badness. Envelope money. money! I like the way they're doing Nana Rose's hair, side note. Yep, Nana Rose as a whole is spectacular. Every appearance. What's a weekend? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Would you be so kind as to place this not near Coffee me? cup? Not, yes. Away from spilly places? Yes. Well, I mean, it's empty, <laughs> but... 
this is like, I mean, so, okay, so listen, mm-hmm. I don't think it's Veronica's job to uh, manage her boyfriend's ego. Yes, that is a factor. But I do also think it is her job to care for someone that she's dating. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the commitment she entered into. And mm-hmm. I don't think that handing him an envelope of money mm. is like a wise tactic to show care. Right. I see where <laughs> she's coming from, from a business running perspective. Yeah, like, hey, a bonus might help. Yeah. But she's she's missing what Reggie is actually asking for. Um, um, respect did agency. Did just lose a, some uh, volume? No. Oh, okay. I'm... It's just a really quiet scene. Okay, I didn't. Hear I guess. Anything. Um, yeah. So we're figuring out the red paladin quest. Yeah. On that note, which... I was really excited for us to maybe go into an actual Vancouver comic shop, and we didn't. And I was a little excited. <laughs> just some Jughead interesting eating. sense. Yes, he should eat more. <laughs> I I was very interested to see our giant um, cult. Uh, I recognize that dude. Who is that dude? I don't know. Okay, well, we'll have to check. <laughs> IMDb him later? Yeah. yeah. Everyone with a speaking role is totally a local Vancouver person. Yeah. <laughs> if they have three lines, they're local, undoubtedly. Um, the way they fluctuate between um, actual horrifying supernatural and um, low-chill kids being too serious actually really impresses me. Um I'm surprised by how quickly they jump between these iterations of what G&G is, depending on mm-hmm. what the episode wants or calls for. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like it's it's an interesting quirk of the, like, ensemble, um, of this show's ensemble work, that they are able to show us G&G through Archie's story lens, through Veronica's story lens, through Jughead's story lens, and let us see what it needs to be for them in this episode. Mm-hmm. What what their take is. What what the threat level is. It I varies. Lo- by the way, I love this um, little sleepover. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what is, like, this beautiful hot chocolate that Veronica's drinking? It's got, like, a <laughs> twist of orange in it. I mean, that's how she rolls. I respect. Probably I respect. candied. This is, see, this is literally Betty the Investigative Reporter and Veronica, who runs the Prohibition Speakeasy. This is not kids having a sleepover. This is a a homeless, this is a homeless woman living with her business-owning friend's house under a mob boss's roof. Like, it's jarringly mismatched stakes so often. Yeah. I'm here for a B&V emancipation team. Mm Mm-hmm. Go hang with Molly Ringwald and get yourself yeah. adulted. Three. Yeah. I don't know why they're looking at all these pictures, though. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I liked I that we we solved something. Like, I don't think the Red Paladin quest is solved, but I like that we saw these characters pick a goal, pick it apart, problem solve, come up with a plan, execute it in one episode... Like, th- this was a neatly done plot. This was a neatly done A-plot. Yeah, um, that's true. That felt well-balanced with, with other A-plots instead of ABC, like most shows sort of align. Um, yeah. The, yeah, this isn't... Oh, I mean, this is such a good idea and made so for such a great set of scenes, but, mm-hmm. like, such a fun set of scenes. Yeah. Um, but, like, Jughead, come on. It's a it's it's a very absurd idea, but I accept it within this world. Um, I, I love Betty. The safety is like one challenger at a time. <laughs> like, don't be ridiculous. Betty is so the yeah. the sober second thought stage manager to Jughead's yeah. cracked out pipe dream planning. <sighs> I really like this scene. Because Jughead respects and accepts Betty yeah. saying, I can't tell you where I got this information. Yes. It's lovely. And TV shows, media, don't do that enough. Like. What do you mean? Don't do what specifically? Trust me. And then leave it at that. Yeah. Like, demonstrable trust. Uh, I feel like in, all, in any other show, I would expect, expect a conflict over what's your source. Yeah. 
uh, whether Jughead, you know, has any right or not, he would petulantly dig in. Except Riverdale does it good. Yeah. Because they have a long-standing, established partnership and dynamic. And they don't forget that just because they're dating. Mm-hmm. That's better than a lot of TV seems to do. Yeah. This is a fun team. I like that. Mm-hmm. They're actually very complementary as problem solvers. Like, they're not just alike. They're not just together because they're romantically involved. It's it's an actual romantically involved because they go together so well. Yeah. Don't... Again, Hiram, what... What are the terms of your truce exactly? A handshake. Oh, handshake contracts are very dangerous. This is, I assume I've never had one. <laughs> the role of Hiram Lodge here is fascinating. They've like segued him into senior mob boss. Like, yeah. I- like he's gone from key antagonist to plot mentor to it's it's fascinating know, how quickly they shift gears. Riverdale, I, I feel like they make it work. I. Maybe I'm just inundated to the whiplash now after yeah. three seasons. But they, again, I feel like it works. But yeah. maybe I'm just used to following whatever thread is thrown my way now. I do feel like the threads are very disparate. I, I want to know where they're going with this boxing situation. Like, Fight is, Club 3.0. Is this a, maybe, is this like a skill that KJ Appa took up that he wants, like... <laughs> Or something. That, like, I don't that would like, make it, sense. It's just that it's so potent. It's so mm-hmm. full of Americana. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like the it's like the fifth or sixth episode where a fight has of some sort has been key plot. Yeah. Um, Deuteronomy. I love that. That's one of the dude's names. Excellent. Termite and Jinx. Are any of those canon? I none of them ping for me in the least. Um, yeah. But I would have to go a deep dive into the little Archie background supporting cast, I think. Um, At the moment, I feel like they're mining deeply for the Katie Keene series. Yeah, um, maybe. Which I didn't actually realize how prominent Katie Keene as a a fashion comic was. Um, I've been seeing a lot of... Fashion comic? Yes, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, So, like, through... I'm not sure when Katie Keene's debut period was, but it was very much a... um, uh, targeted at a, um, like adolescent women demographic, I think, in in, in a way that, uh, you know, in a very st- stereotypical way, but um, in a way that I now realize was meaningful for a lot of people my age, mm-hmm. um, seeing the reaction to the Katie Keene series being announced. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that there was this robust other fandom, because I always saw Katie Keene as just a, an Archie comic spinoff. Um, it was a very small portion of my shelf. Interesting. I don't know anything about the Katie Keene series. I totally mm-hmm. missed that boat. Is she drinking? Of course. She's very young for that sort of thing. Yes. But she's turning into Hiram. Look at her go with her rum. She's so Hiram-y. But this show really does spectacularly children becoming their parents. Like Alice and Alice and Betty's dynamic is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love how Betty turns into Alice when fighting her mom. Um, there's a deep consciousness of that generational connection and synchronicity and patterns. Hey, who's playing, um, in Heathers, which is coming. Oh, yeah. Um, and is referenced at the, oh, what a dress. Mm -hmm. Case the joint girl. Um, is she wearing her spider brooch? No, she's got a different, oh, no, it's just a different brooch, but it's still a spider. (laughs) It's a different spider. It's a larger spider, I think. Um, <sighs> no. Um, what were you away. saying before Cheryl um, Bombshell blew us away? Uh, Cheryl Bombshell... Before she stepped into the room and Not wiped all thought from our minds? I mean... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I actually, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Cheryl's that powerful. No, 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 no. Cheryl and Tony um, are that powerful. Yes, perhaps that. Um... <laughs> What were we talking about? I haven't a clue because we keep 
going back to Tony and Cheryl medium close cuts, and they keep expressing things spectacularly. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, it's I'm distracted, and I'm, I accepted it. Hmm, random blood stain in the middle of the boxing pit. Be no, cool. it's, a, it's a painting of the paladin, isn't it? Uh, oh, that makes more sense. I love, yes. I love this, like, nerdy cavalry that arrives. All these creepy LARPers. Creepy LARPers, LARPer creepy, creepy, creepy LARPer. <laughs> Great. Marathon through 12 bare fist boxing fights. No it's big. Fine. They're no only big. three minutes long no each. Big. That's about how long... There's 12 rounds in a boxing match. Okay. Some okay. boxing matches. Yeah. I mean, the whole bare knuckle MMA style is intense. Yes. This, you know, watching this again... It was so absurd my first watch through. I was I was signed on to this ridiculousness, but watching this again, you know what? Okay. <laughs> this is what the world is here now. So the only okay. thing I don't find believable about this is that those are not all skinny, sad-looking white dudes. <laughs> oh, my friends. I'm not saying that LARPers aren't all sad, skinny, white dudes. That's not <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm well aware that the LARPing community is very diverse. Mm. The D&D community is diverse. I think that the people who would show up for this quest <laughs> right, are the sad, skinny white dudes. <laughs> I'm going to point out that these cards were specifically given to people who would be likely to be able to murder Archie. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. That, yeah. <laughs> That's the one, the one plot armor. Otherwise, I see where you're coming from. The kind of people who would self-select into this quest. Yeah. Also, I just don't know how I feel about all this. Like, I know they were trying to make these, like, people diverse, but now we're just watching Archie beat up a bunch of people of color, and I'm yep. sad. <laughs> yep, that's, that's, that's a factor. Yep. Get covered in blood like a man. Diversity yeah. casting at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. Happens periodically. Yeah. And Betty's like, I mean, like, uh... Twelve? Yeah. At 12. least twelve? You well, signed ten. on for twelve. Ten because they have two of the cards. Well, no, I count. I thought that too, but when they're counting later, they count eleven. Oh, yeah. Apparently Hiram also made... Or no one can count. What is math? What is math? Um, why... Well, like, tell, like Cheryl, what do you think that you're doing? She's causing problems. Ugh. She's... You need some therapy, girl. Yes, she does. But I like she's pulling Tony's pigtail. I guess that's Tony is the bouncer. They have been cat burglars together. She's cat burgling Tony's bounce. Like that's she's pulling her ponytail. That's that's the only way I can see this. Yeah, it's not exactly healthy, but like. I, I believe this as an occurrence in these two's relationship, organically happening, of how they're dealing with their stuff. Yeah. Okay, so, let us talk quickly about this sex scene. Mm-hmm. I, I am here for a lesbian sex scene that is consensual and powerful. Mm-hmm. So into it. Um, and it's not, like, crazy porny, mm-hmm. but it's verging on porny. It's... And I have mixed feelings. It's a touch erotic... But I, I, I do feel like we're here with the characters rather than lensing on them. Yeah. You know, like we're seeing close ups <laughs> of faces and emotions. We're seeing close ups of a hand in a pocket. We're not seeing the body parts. Uh, yeah, that's true. Focused on without an expressive emotion. Um, yeah, cheesecake is tough. I liked yeah. this cheesecake <clears throat> because we're with faces. We're with looks. I mean boobs. So much boobs. Yes, so much boobs. Uh, yes. But I guess the straight girls had to do the boobs as well. I didn't know just the boobs. I don't even... Well, I know. <laughs> but, like, I'm thinking of the... I mean, this is, yeah. like, this is, like, very... For Riverdale, it's a little risque. I saying. sure enjoyed the, the implications <laughs> of uh, oral sex. I Yeah. If you're gonna do a women, uh, women who love women sex scene include going down on each other that's like yeah i mean like that's part of it that yep there's, there's definitely, normalize oral sex there's definitely a hug later where they're the motion that they're gyrating in leads mm. me to believe that there is some i don't know any pc terms for this mm-hmm. uh they are uh, stimulating each other digitally yes <laughs> there are clear implied sex acts that are very much yeah. for each other's pleasure yes and, and thank not you, just cheesecake thank, and thank us. You for normalizing this is sex that i do appreciate mm-hmm. and i don't know mm-hmm. i'm just very protective of them yeah understandably mm-hmm. i love that cheryl's the one being blindfolded that's true yes. like 
I feel like there's a power play dynamic that I don't need to see more of, but that is... I feel like I've got everything I need to know about their lovely consensual power play mm-hmm. dynamics. Like, again, we're seeing them smile at yeah, each other. Yeah, they are smiling. That's what we're getting. We're getting the looks. Yeah. I'm I'm so here for it. Even with this bizarre Fight Club juxtaposition. Yeah, I don't know. This is the thing is, <clears throat> I don't know what this is about. Like, are mm. they are they beating each other up in that sex, in mm. that sense? I don't know. I mean, I <clears throat> I believe that this is fight sex. Yeah, there are no bras in this shot. Mm-hmm. Just saying. I believe that this is them working out up their problem. Yeah. In a cool, sexy spy versus spy way. Yeah, that's true. But it it's for it is for them. Yeah. Ooh, that was some uppercut. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Archie's lucky he didn't murder any of those twelve men. Bare knuckle boxing. Yeah. To knock out. I mean, there's there's a one in tw- in twelve likely has some brain damage. Yeah. Might be Archie. <laughs> yeah, I'm realistically here. Yeah, he's, he's got, gonna he's need got some a good shots. Shot. He's got a shot there and a shot there and a shot there. No, like, like vaccinations. No, no, no. I'm thinking of like punch. Yeah, that was hot, face. Tony, and Cheryl. Yes. that was. And now they talk about their feelings, yeah. and it's not easy to fix, which is also important. Mm-hmm. Things don't always work out perfectly. But they're still communicating and still fighting. Yeah. And Tony is saying the thing we have been noticing for three episodes, because she's been slowly noticing it too. What is this consistency of character and relationship? What show are we on? I'm amazed. Yeah. Um, It's not our bedroom. Yeah. mm Mm-hmm. Acknowledging all of the things about Tony's current circumstance in life that are Oh my god, Cheryl, you're getting very defensive. Yep. Just listen to your girlfriend's needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so grateful that Cheryl is not <clears throat> just m- magically perfectly good at this. Yeah. Like, we've not forgotten true. that Cheryl is a teenager in her first substantial, meaningful relationship. Yeah. With very little model for healthy dynamics yeah like i'm really enjoying seeing them work out their problems yeah it's not um none of their fights feel contrived yeah which is um something i I feel like i i often feel from teenage character romance yeah hiram is the mentor they keep trying to push hiram as the mentor i don't know it's weird i I get it, and I like I I get the pull Archie keeps leaning into here. I I do. This isn't a, this is a dynamic, and there's something with these two characters here going on. There's a lot. Yeah. I would like b- between characters on different different show and setup. Like there's 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 tension. Yeah. Like I don't know if it's core antagonist protagonist tension, oh, but take those keys while you check them. It's fine. Yep. 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 Your truce it means nothing. You're buying back into schemes, you foolish child. But you are a foolish child, so. Mm. On the note of foolish child, yes, Reggie did a dumb. Reggie did a very foolish choice. Um, to call the issue with Veronica. Yeah. yeah. I see. Yeah. I see both of where they're coming from here. Um, Veronica does not owe her employee immediate escalation to business partner status. Like it's that's true. that's an important thing. Veronica has built and earned this business. Yeah, and he also isn't really mad about not being the business partner. He's mad yeah. about not being the acknowledged public romantic partner. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah, that's that's, that's my read as well. It's yeah. relationship problems causing business relationship problems. Um but again, this is dealt this has nuance and complexity that I I really enjoyed seeing underneath their fight. Yeah. This is a, this is a better fight like than most teenagers. I feel like you owe me, though. Ooh, man. Yeah. If a man ever said that to me, I'd mm-hmm. be like, here's a check. Get out of my life. <laughs> yep, yep. Like, and that's a very real thing. I'll, like, I, I empathize with Reggie's perspective here mm-hmm. a lot, but I also recognize that young men starting... Uh, you know, working at something will feel a whole different level of entitlement. 
to mm-hmm. ownership. Yeah. Just, we are socialized to take our cut. Interesting. Um, okay. totally. Wow. I wish I'd been socialized for that. That would be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, it's a gross dynamic thing, but I believe it. Um. So do they now know? Sweet Pean Fangs. Do they now know about Gladys, those two? I, I, I feel like they're Jughead's Crab and Goyle now. Yeah. <laughs> a little yeah. bit. Like, I'm here with Sweet Pea and Fangs being Jughead's, Jughead's dumb buddies who are basically Jughead light. In practice. Yeah. Also, I don't buy this move she plays on him. Like, mm. FP's been doing fine, rolling with the punches, not drinking, not getting mm-hmm. broken. Mm-hmm. He clearly wants to be with Alice. Yep. He clearly wants the best for his children. Mm-hmm. Like, he would probably be like, oh, well, screw you, Gladys. Okay, bye. Well, that this is very interesting. I agree with you. Yeah. That, but I, I'm very curious in of how much of this is a miscalculation of Gladys mm-hmm. and how much is an intentional control story. Hmm. Um, I, I, I'm excited to discover how much of this she believes in future episodes. Yeah. Because I believe it's some of this. I don't think she really knows uh, all about FP. I don't think she knows about FP and Alice. I don't know, but I don't get the vibe that she does. Yeah, maybe. Um, <clears throat> and I, I like exploring a world in which everyone is mo- is playing without a full hand of cards, without without yeah. all the pieces. I just don't think that FP would want to move to Elm Street. All your dad ever want. Mm. Like, this doesn't... I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right, I don't right. Know. Like, I think FP would be fine with this truth. He's been through worse. Hmm. I don't know. But also, he's been through worse the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. Work since Gladys has left. Yeah. Like, we have to remember that she knows the FP we met in episode 1-1. Yeah, Who was a very different character. Um, since then, he has gone from small-time gang drug, run- drug runner enforcer through some disposing of bodies of children his son's age mm-hmm. through on to becoming the sheriff and just, like, FP's been through some stuff. Yeah. And here's... This is Luke Perry. Yeah. A great Luke Perry moment. This is, this is a nice moment because this scene is really about Luke Perry. It's not really about FP. Yeah, and yet... It's a nice piece of happenstance. It's, it's, yeah, it's weird. Luke Perry scenes this episode and last episode feel so, um... Um, like this angelic vision. Yeah. Almost. And he taps the star at the end. Yeah. And he, he says, as I live and breathe. Mm-hmm. He swoops in. Yeah. They they maintain these scenes where he's so sweet to Archie, where he's yeah. so sweet to FP. I do wonder what was cut. I don't I do know, think we'll ever know. Yeah, and that's probably better. Um, Rage Croquet? Can we just talk about Rage Croquet for a sec? Yes. <laughs> Cheryl's coping mechanisms. Yeah. Um, Some people go shooting. Cheryl plays croquet slowly and calmly. <laughs> Godspell. That is a dreadful musical. Yep. Yep. Um, so I want to know, in Heathers, who is going to back off stage with a bleeding chest wound singing, Our love is God. Our <laughs> love is God. Who's that going to be? I'm so excited for the Heathers episode. I think they've released a cast list, but I haven't read it yet. They have. I, we'll, I don't remember. We'll dig into that maybe for next week or something. But Yeah. Um, Look at that cake. Um, is there a, uh, serpent on it? Because I would like to know. <laughs> um, my friend got me a Southside Serpent's patch. It was very sweet. Aww. Yeah. Kay, who's been on the show once. Yay. Uh. You Southside. Yeah. I. Oh, Luke Perry in the background. I really like these Gladys Stone scenes. I really like. Yeah. Um, Gladys being fake in charge. And steering things. Yeah. I also love that he and FP are dressed almost the same in this scene. They're both wearing sweaters and, like, jeans with chains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jughead and FP have been very, like, uh, with each other this yeah. episode. They're both, like... There's a snake on that thing in the background. Yeah, mermaid, mermaid snake, snake naga woman thing. Has that always been there? I don't know. What the heck? <laughs> um, 
interesting Jughead not knowing what to say. That's kind of a cute beat to explore yeah. for Jughead. Boogie Bunch, that's hmm? cute. Um, yeah. This is a good scene. It is. Yeah. It's very sweet. Nearly as remarkable as yours. This is a very sweet scene. This is a very sweet scene. And I, you know, Jughead speaking from the heart, sounding slightly less scripted even Mm -hmm. than our narrations. Yeah. The Jones family is an interesting dynamic. It is. It's fun. Yeah. I am just so excited for Jughead's college application with this novel. (laughs) Um, I hope that's where this show ends. I really do. That would make great sense of all of our narration. Yes. I I am kind of a sucker for that ridiculous cheesy device for like, the narration's been this all along, final episode. I don't expect that. It's cheesy. But Mm -hmm. I am vulnerable to it. Yes. (laughs) Jughead versus his mom. Yeah. This is gonna be interesting. I am... Like, I, I'm glad we got this lovely family moment before it all explodes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, FP and Jughead get this, at least. Mm-hmm. Even though Jughead then immediately is declaring war. 54. Uh. Blah, blah. <laughs> um... I'm interested, so at the end he says, protect Jellybean and run my mom out of town. He doesn't mm-hmm. know Jellybean's in on it. Yep, he does not. So, which means there's plot ahead for this young actor, which I'm into. Mm-hmm. I am so excited for Jughead and Jellybean to figure some stuff out as siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I loved <laughs> how <laughs> much Betty was is just, like, with him. Yeah. Like, they are such good partners. Yeah, look at this fun power couple stance they've got going on. Mm-hmm. It's like, our parents keep failing us. Mm-hmm. Guess we're the grown-ups now. On. <laughs> yep, like, not even, Yeah. no hesitation, just <laughs> smile. Mm-hmm. Is this what small towns are like? <laughs> no, oh my god. I have never hidden my girlfriend's bodies, bodies for my girlfriend. They, you need to think yeah, about no, how you said that. I know. Okay, I have never, I have never. I left them in plain sight for everyone to see. I have never see, helped my partner hide a body. I know. Uh, I have never been in a fight club. Um, I've never been sent to jail or wrongfully accused by my partner's parents. I've never been involved with the drug trade. Um, I don't think small towns are super like. <laughs> I also don't even know what how big Riverdale is. It's a giant city or a tiny town. Depends what yeah, we need. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it does seem that way. But this episode was fun. This was a good glimpse into Riverdale and some of the um, very interesting relationships that I think will be at the core, of, I hope, will be at the core of the rest of this season. Yeah. How many more episodes have we got? That's a really good question. What? I'm going to Google this? it. I'm going to find out. Okay. I want to know. Find uh, Find information on the magic box for us. Um, yeah, because I, I don't get the sense we're, like, escalating to endgame yet. No. This was, this was, uh, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces, but, um, I could see uh, Gladys Jones being this season's overarching yeah. uh, big bad. Not not necessarily big bad, but antagonist problem causer. Oh, we can find this out from, from Netflix. Why am I doing this this no, way? They, they don't tell us how many more are left. Don't they? Oh, well, they just tell us how many we're currently on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're probably right, but let, let <laughs> just humor me for a sec. Okay. Oh. That was a good episode 15. I have no idea how many episodes are in this season. Probably 22, like last time. Um, <laughs> all right, now I'm, I'm back to Googling. Keep talking. Nah. What? What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, Say words, I'm Brian. <laughs> uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. How many episodes of Riverdale? I don't say words. Sees... I don't know how to say words. You say so many words. Oh, my God. Riverdale. Yeah, but, uh, now I'm on the spot. There. Oh, that's totally a hit on Google. Great. 20. Um, 
the it will be closer to the season two length of 22 episodes. The mid-season okay. finale is okay. episode eight of the current run, meaning only two episodes remain before Christmas break. That This is an old article. Yep, so we're, we're assuming 22. We're assuming yeah, 22. Yeah, I feel like that's a safe... So, like, seven assumption. more episodes. That's time enough for some things to go off the rails. We've still got yeah. a musical episode but in that time period. The, I mean, the next two have been named. The next yeah, one yeah. is Big Fun, and the one after oh. that is The Master. Ooh. Oh. Okay. The Master. Okay. Okay. What does it mean? <laughs> um, I have 100% given up on any attempt at speculating of what Riverdale's going to do next. I know. Season um, four? I don't know, <laughs> y'all. I don't know. They could do... There is very little that could surprise me now. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um... I mean, I mean that in that I, I have defaulted to assuming surprise. Uh, I cannot be surprised because I'm already surprised, I guess. Yeah, I've been a constant state of surprise and confusion from the show. What is this? Okay. I've been thinking about why I enjoy this show mm. so much. Mm-hmm. And I think there are two reasons. Mm. One of them is I'm... What, what is the type of fan fiction where it's like alternate timeline? AU. AU, alternate yep. universe. Yep. Um, it's really the only kind of fan fiction that I like, love, love. Mm. Um, so, and this show is that. I think the other reason is I didn't really have like a teenage television show. Mm. Like the only television show I had seen from beginning to end that wasn't like a BBC historical drama <laughs> um, was Six Feet Under by the time I was 18. Which isn't the most, you know, teen comedic romp of a thing. No, my parents, like, really were snobs. Mm. I mean, they're still alive. They're still (laughs) snobs. Um, My dad loves Buffy, but that Mm. was a late-in-life realization. Mm. Um, Loves Angel, also a late-in-life realization. And as a consequence, he sort of, er like, like grown a taste for, like... He watched Umbrella Academy, for example. He watched the whole thing. Um, He's developed the sci-fi entertainment bug. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I... Uh, I think I, I'm now in my cranky adulthood at verging on 30. I'm uh, having a good time enjoying some fluff mm. and bringing yeah. my lively mind to overanalyzing yeah. it, but also having a blast. <laughs> I think that's why I like this show. You deserve a little fluff, Chloe. Thank you so much. You listen, this show delivers. You too. You deliver fluff. Thank you. I, I grew up swimming in fluff. Oh. I, like, watched the CW shows. I watched Everwood and Smallville and cycled through a, a number of, you know, campy, fluffy things. Um, I didn't tend to watch anything too dramatic when I was a younger teenager. Um, but, like, God, Queer's Folk was one of the only gay TV shows I could find. Mm. Um, and that was super fluff, fluff ridiculous. Floof. The The U.S. Queer's Folk, oh my God. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, so I've been well fluffed. Yeah, have you been well fluffed? Yes, I have not been b- well fluffed. By my media. This is my. Ex- I mean, to be fair, my mom let me watch Oprah, and she <laughs> let me watch uh, the. She let me watch The Young and the Restless, which okay. was like her go-to soap. It's a type of fluff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I honestly think this show is much better than soap operas. Yes, it's much better at soap opera ing. Yeah. Um. um it is simply yeah. a, an extremely high production value soap opera much of the time. Oh yeah, um, but <laughs> That's there's, great. there's no like awkward. This person had cancer, and then they were a child bride, and then they owned. I mean, they owned a gang. Ha! Ah, here we are. Um, yeah, there's nothing unrealistic in Riverdale that suddenly happens to anyone. Um. Anyway, I get what you mean, though. It's yes. not quite as soapy done. It's not the- quite as soapy. There's no like. I guess there's one illegitimate child, but there's it's handled in a gotta re- be fair, more than one. fairly mature manner, given the kind of show that we're in. Um, anyway, all this to say is that, uh, yeah, I've been reflecting on, like, why this show? Hmm. Why now? And I think that's why. Some very that's good all. reasoning. That sounds like a great end beat, Chloe. Yeah. We'll see you next week. There's no hiatus. Oh, good. Yes. Well, we had plenty of that. As so. far as I know. Back into the thick of things with you, Riverdale gang. Yeah. Till next week. I'm Chloe. I'm Ryan. Bye.